Let's bring in Chris Wallace. He's the CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Vaughn Nelson Investment Management. Chris, welcome back. We've got like the rotation of the rotation going on here where investors are suddenly dumping the retail comeback stories after their earnings and buying some of the tech stuff. Was it only a matter of time? Is this a lasting theme? What do you think? Yeah, I think the correction will be with us for a while. These are rolling corrections. You know, tech let us off the bottom, then you saw the remaining sectors all the way down to small cap and finally banks in, in early November begin to lead and really have led year to date. And that's finally starting to reverse. And as tech let us out, it led us into the correction. I think as you rightly point out, semiconductors are on the bleeding edge of the industrial cycle. We've already seen signs the industrial cycle is going to start to slow. So they collect corrected first. Now we're just seeing the other sectors go through their own rolling correction until we get in the back half of the year and see where fundamentals really play into 2022. So thinking about those fundamentals, we had a market here that um, month to month in the COVID recovery was looking to the White House, was looking towards the Fed as the yep. main driving force. Is that going to be the case, or uh, how how is that now playing into this? I mean, we haven't really talked so much about this in a while now. There's been crypto, and there's been yeah. all these other kind of uh, micro stories, and it's been pretty quiet on the Fed front and uh, White House a little bit as well. Yeah, I think something that investors are going to need to get used to is, and this is subtle in that it was becoming apparent in late 2019 and then was interrupted by the pandemic, which was, Without our deficits and without Fed support, we weren't gonna be able to drive positive economic growth. That's only been accentuated with the pandemic. So yeah, the Fed's gonna be incredibly important. The amount of liquidity they put out in early 2020 is why we've seen the recovery in risk assets. It always flows into risk assets first. And then once the economy begins to strengthen, claims on that capital comes back in, that liquidity has to go in and flow and, and fund working capital, CapEx and employment. And it's not a coincidence that we started to see the correction in, in the meme oriented stocks and the volatility in crypto, right as we started to see pressure on the Fed's re reverse repurchase facility hmm. that they put out. And now, you know, the Fed's doing the overnight lending because we quite frankly have run out of domestic balance sheet capacity to fund the economy and fund the market. So Fed has to step up. If they don't, there's gonna be continued liquidity issues for pockets of the market. So contributing some of this volatility in crypto, some of those meme stocks is being attached to that kind of liquidity theme. Uh, is that now just a kind of expected and comfortable thing that uh, policymakers might be okay with? I mean, Powell, Back uh, earlier this year, I wrote an article saying that he wasn't here to save your stonks. I mean, it doesn't seem like he really minds a little volatility. So should we think that if it's liquidity driven, it's going to be suddenly fixed by that, that they're going to turn a spigot back on or something? Yeah, I mean, the Fed does not care where Bitcoin trades and the Fed doesn't care where your meme stock trades. They care about the core of the equity market. You can't get away from the fact that 25% or so of federal tax receipts come from capital gains. So there's a limit, but are they happy the froth is coming out of the market? Absolutely. Are they happy to see the volatility? Absolutely. To the extent it puts a bid under the dollar, even better because they know they really can't back away and they're gonna have to grow this money supply exponentially going forward. Uh, but no, they're not, they're not disappointed with the volatility in the market right now. Not as long as yields are comfortable and spreads are, are, are being compliant. 
So what's the risk point right now, Chris, that uh, people overestimate the, uh, just kind of going with your framework here, that people overestimate the uh, uh, responsiveness of that liquidity function if they think that, okay, there's going to be, you know, some QE bump or they're not going to taper maybe, because right now they're talking about tapering. They kind of said for the first time that they're thinking about it. So is it that they don't go through with that? I mean, what's the difference in the kind of the spectrum of liquidity here where, you know, sending checks and buying bonds versus rolling off bonds and not sending checks? Like, are we in the middle or what? Yeah, I think we're at the early stages of price discovery with sufficient liquidity, but not enough to move stocks or okay. risk assets to the most speculative areas higher. So you got two primary risks at this point. One, you've got the risk that you know liquidity doesn't improve dramatically and you continue to see this unwind of excess speculative activity. But the other issue we have is we're gonna get in and start looking at earnings and you're gonna see the real cost and what sustainable margins are you pointed out earlier that retailers are putting up, you know, fantastic earnings numbers, but the stocks are selling off. One, you know, they're not just not sustainable, and it's not just retailers. There's a look in building products, look in other areas where people are selling inventory at much lower cost than what they're replenishing it with, and they've been able to sell these products without any real markdowns. You know, that's not going to be sustainable going forward. So I think we've got risk on the margin side as we move through the year. We've got risk on what the trajectory of earnings growth is going to be. Just like we've seen this rolling correction through the different sectors, we're going to see the industrial side slow first. We can't underestimate the impact of stimulus checks in this first quarter's uh, consumer spending. It was easily a third or 40% of it. And that's gonna create an air pocket if there's not more stimulus checks out there. So we may have to have some pain in the economy and the market before we get that big second fiscal push out of the Congress.